Hello, this is session 15 of the 4th WSC, and it's a bit different. This time, we have journalists and members of the media coming together in a panel debate to discuss how to harness the media to advance the global fight against sepsis. Over to Lord Grade from the UK, our moderator of this session, for some interesting approaches and thoughts. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are joining us for session 15 of a most important Congress. Our session is titled Harnessing the Media to Advance the Global Fight Against Sepsis. And that's precisely what I've been doing for the last few years. My whole career has been in the media. I'm currently the chairman of the big uh, communications regulator here in the UK, but I've chaired the BBC and all kinds of things in, in my long career, too long, really. Um, my secretary got sepsis. And she was off for a long time and she eventually came into the office back to work. I said, what? you only had an appendix. Why have you been away so long? She said, I had sepsis. I said, what's that? And that started the journey. We put together a team of people uh, to advise the Sepsis Trust here with the aim of creating awareness. And I used my media skills and experience. And uh, we've had really good success here in the UK through the media, through Parliament, I sit in the House of Lords, so I'm able to raise the issue uh, with the government uh, through the House of Lords. But most importantly, we've been getting the message out uh, through events, but mostly through attracting people who've had tragedy in their lives through sepsis, many of them very, very famous people here in the UK, and they've joined us, and they're very generous in their time telling their story to corporates, to newspapers, there was a huge primetime documentary by one of our people, a big star here in the UK, an actor who had lost his daughter uh, to sepsis when she was two or three years old. And we have begun to move the dial in terms of awareness. And in the UK, the awareness is the most important thing, not just for potential sufferers from sepsis, patients, but clinicians, because one of the great uh, problems here in the UK is that the clinical diagnosis is very, very uh, erratic. And uh, there are too many deaths. It's one of the biggest killers here in the UK. Many of the deaths are necessary because the protocols in the hospitals uh, and the, the doctor's surgeries are not up to snuff. So we've been working incredibly hard, uh, pushing, pushing the message. Could it be sepsis is the kind of uh, slogan that we've been pushing everywhere. And it's going very, very well. Uh, so I think this panel really is to hear the experience from some of the some very, very distinguished experts in this area. I'm the least distinguished of the panel, uh, and uh, they're going to share their experiences. Uh, I'll introduce them as they speak, as they begin to speak, uh, and uh, then. We will have a discussion and we hope you will join in with questions which I will attempt uh, to get answered by this marvellous, marvellous panel. So we all care deeply about sepsis. It was brought home to us a few minutes ago when I heard that John Burgess, an Australian who was going to, uh, expert who was going to join us, is unable to join us this evening or, or this afternoon or this morning uh, because his wife has been stricken with, with sepsis, which is a horrible, horrible irony. But we hope she's well, uh, and we wish him and his wife well. But 
hopefully he's in a position to have recognized it early enough to deal with it. So our first most distinguished uh, panelist this evening is uh, Caitlin Jettelina, who's an epidemiologist, data scientist, internationally renowned scientific communicator. She's the director of Population Health Analytics, a nonprofit, nonpartisan health policy think tank. She's had endless awards. I could go on for hours describing the, the heights that she's reached in her career. And we're very, very grateful to you, uh, Caitlin, for joining us this evening and sharing some wisdom on this topic of how we get the message out there. Over to you, Caitlin. Yeah, thank you for having me. <clears throat> like Michael said, good afternoon, good morning, good night, wherever you are. Uh, I'm Caitlin Jadalina. I'm an epidemiologist here in sunny Southern California, as you can tell from my background. Um, but I have been at the forefront of the epidemiological response during the pandemic and also the desperate gap of scientific communication over the past three years. <clears throat> Um, early in the pandemic, so March 2020, at least here in the States, it was early, I started a newsletter that translated public health science so the average layman can make evidence-based decisions. Um, so really created a direct line from scientists to community. And this platform grew and grew and grew over the past three years. It's reached over 330 million people in 130 countries. And Although I'm mostly focused on COVID-19 the past three years, I think that the lessons learned can really be applied to any health outcome, including sepsis. Um, and during this time, during my time uh, exploring this new space, I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in this space as well. Um, and I think some lessons can be applied uh, to the sepsis community um, and really my buckets, I think about this is one, the importance of trusted messengers, like Michael said, leveraging um, healthcare professionals that are trusted voices that can help patients and the community digest information, craft messages, and help guide evidence-based decision-making. The second, I think we can really learn about um, is social listening. So listening instead of hearing to address concerns from a place of empathy and directly addressing those concerns rather than telling people what we think those their concerns should be. Um, three, when and where to combat mis and disinformation given this rapidly evolving information ecosystem we're seeing across the globe. And so I really hope that we can get into some of these topics throughout this session. But thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you very much, Caitlin. Uh, I'm now going to ask Joachim Mueller-Jung. I hope I pronounced that right. Correctly. It's a long time since I did German at school, but uh, I've, I've done my very, very best. But as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, this is an extraordinarily international panel. And Joachim was born in Heidelberg. After graduating from the Wirtschaft Gymnasium Wiesloch and taking his first steps of freelance journalist, he began studying biology, uh, which he continued in Cologne, completed with a thesis on the reptile fauna of Madagascar. Well, there you go. So what are you doing now, Joachim, uh, and how do you relate to, to sepsis? Yes, thank you very much, Michael. Um, uh, I'm really happy uh, to be here uh, and... Uh, 
uh, thank you very much for the invitation. So um, I I am right now I'm I'm a science editor here at the Frankfurt Allgemeine Zeitung, which is one of the uh, the national newspapers. Uh, it's a daily and a weekly newspaper, and of course we have an online platform. And uh, as an as a science editor, I I, I was at the forefront uh, of the science uh, of the uh, COVID pandemic uh, coverage for our newspapers. Uh, as Kathleen, uh, maybe she 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 had much more more readers because she's an epidemiologist and uh, and uh, she's English speaking. So in German in German, uh, we had uh, got uh, a lot of experience. Um, also, as, as journalists uh, and as media people uh, covering uh, infectious diseases during the pandemic, of course, and um, I checked, I checked my our archive. We really have at the FAZ a, a, a big, a, a large archive, and I checked it for for sepsis. And I will tell you some of my experiences. Uh, we even even during the the pandemic, we 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 had a, a very few articles. Uh, uh, in Germany, uh, about um, about sepsis, uh, uh, and that is uh, really a shame. I have to say, uh, I think uh, for journalists, uh, it's, it's still a, a tricky, a tricky uh, a topic, uh, uh, and it's not easy to uh, to convince uh, journalists uh, to write about sepsis. Uh, I think, uh, whereas. Uh, a lot, uh, some 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 colleagues uh, picked up uh, uh, the disease or, or or the topic of bacteria in in, in uh, infections. They didn't uh, they didn't uh, write and talk about uh, uh, sepsis as a central uh, uh, theme, as a central uh, topic. So. So I would I would say uh, most of the problem here uh, is um, that uh, it is uh, uh, it's more it's more about uh, uh, mentioning sepsis uh, as as a disease uh, or as a complication of diseases than real education. We have no education. Uh, I think that's that's a, a real problem. Uh, so as I mentioned it. Even even during the the pandemic, so the awareness is still underdeveloped in the general pe population and also uh, in uh, the journalism. So th my my task was uh, to talk about a targeted uh, specific audience um, um, for improved medical messaging, uh, and I would say, yeah, it's really hard uh, to get any progress. We have uh, got some progress since the work. Uh, of the global sepsis alliance, uh, there were some some articles, and we had got some 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 progress here. Um, but of course, uh, we have to get uh, sepsis more more popular, and and uh, I would I would uh, prefer to have it more on the social media. We we should use more of the social media, and I would uh, compare it with uh, cases like long long COVID diseases or chronic uh, chronic fatigue disease. Where a lot of people advocating and discussing the problems with these diseases on social media, and I think uh, that brought some progress, especially in Germany, in the in the uh, in the political uh, uh, realm. Uh, so, the online platforms are very important. That is uh, my message, and of course, um, I would say um, the first people. Uh, who should be sensibilized, uh, uh, of course, are journalists, but they should be sensibilized uh, also by 
and media experts, of course, uh, by by physicians. I think uh, there is uh, the, the 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 physicians. They really have the professional people working in in medicine in the epidemiology and infectious disease field. They really have uh, a. a I think a big uh, responsibility uh, to sensibilize uh, uh, journalists. Very good. Thank you, Joachim. I'll come back to you uh, at the end of the formal presentations. Uh, we now move to Japan, to Nayuki Matsuda, uh, who is a board member of the Global Sepsis Alliance, the Japanese Society of Intensive Care Medicine, and a representative of the Japanese Sepsis Alliance. He has led emergency medicine and critical care in Hokkaido University and Kyoto University, currently working as a professor of emergency and critical care medicine at Nagoya University in Japan. Naoki, welcome and thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with this global audience. Over to you, sir. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I am a board uh, member in GSA. And now working in Nagoya University, Japan. Uh, my career, I am an intensive care physician, emergency physician, and anesthesiologist. When I was a medical intern, I had an experience of not being able to save a patient's life due to sepsis caused by mediastinitis after esophageal surgery, esophageal cancer. Uh, at first, uh, when we should know uh, that infection comes as secondary stimuli in operative phases, uh, cancer, stroke, acute myocardial infarction, heart failure, uh, diabetes mellitus, um, and elder, elderly person, a newborn, uh, result in systemic inflammation and organ dysfunction. Uh, maybe, as you know, uh, infection becomes infectious disease uh, only when a uh, symptom appear. Uh, if the symptom is progression of organ damages and organ injury, uh, it is quite serious because it is life-threatening and life will be shortened as shortened as a sepsis. Uh, however, if there is a big disease name uh, such as cancer, uh, even if the patient dies from a sepsis, a big disease name will be the cause of death, such as cancer. Uh, such knowledge, uh, this knowledge may not be understood without experience uh, suffering from sepsis or uh, managing sepsis or treating sepsis. Uh, when I first approached the mass media uh, about uh, TB, a program, radio program uh, of special feature on sepsis. And they told that not everyone knew about sepsis. Uh, so uh, the audience rating would not increase. Uh, if there is no need, uh, it would no, not be picked up as a TV program. Uh, today's theme, harnessing uh, the media uh, to advance the global fight against sepsis. 
That's always Now, this thing is very important in the world, I think. Uh, I think, and I think uh, there are some important things to consider. Uh, continuity education lecture for citizens. Uh, we have city park seminar uh, in Japan, uh, event holding, including WhatsApp's day. And uh, if we can, if we can making a movie and uh, making songs and uh, making animation, concepts, uh, we, um, uh, we can, uh, we will make septic character, uh, sponsors and donations. Uh, they are sponsors to uh, raise awareness of sepsis. It's, it is very important, we think, I think. Uh, if there is a good way to get the mass media on our side, please let me know today. Uh, I'd like to consider this as, as the Pacific Alliance and the, uh, and the Global Sepsis Alliance. I'm very uh, much looking forward to hear from all of you today. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll come back to you, I'm sure, in, in, in the discussion. <laughs> I'm delighted to welcome next Ms. Uh, Ms. Fogway, uh, who has joined us. Hello, Ms. Fogway. Please give our audience, our global audience, a sense of your interest in sepsis and your expertise, uh, your skills I know are very much uh, uh, in the digital world. And, and perhaps you could share some experience with you. I know you're helping one of the hospitals in, in Cameroon, but uh, I'd be very, very interested to get your uh, uh, particular expertise on the subject. Over to you, Nick. Um, so basically, I'm not a health expert. I am a journalist. And um, I'm a journalist not just covering, uh, talking about sepsis. I focus more on health-related issues, not just about sepsis, cardiovascular diseases, sepsis, everything that concerns the health. That's what I focus on. So my latest research on sepsis, I noticed that about 15% of Cameroonians are septic. And the funny thing about it is that many of them are not aware that this is the condition they are facing. So I think creating awareness by using the media as a major platform or a tool to help sensitize these communities about what septics is really all about. And equally, why not going right to the suburbs? Most of these people in the suburbs, they don't have the social media platforms which we have. Some are unable to have, um, can't afford these TV stations, though some have, but very few. Why not sending health officials to the suburbs to sensitize these people on what sepsis is all about and how we can equally better prevent the situation and equally for these people to understand that sepsis could be deadly, but if um, controlled, if prevented, then they have a possibility of living a very good life even with such a condition. For those people who don't have access to uh, social media, mm -hmm. how, how on earth do you get the message out to them about the awareness and to be careful to look out for sepsis and to take care of it? Exactly. reason why I said we need sensitization campaigns, not just on social media, on TV stations, sure. but ah, going down to the roots, going to where they live, telling them about sepsis, 
making them aware of what sepsis really is. The funny thing is the few people, just very few people have been diagnosed with sepsis. That's the major problem now. We talk about sepsis, just those, let's say, those in the city who have access to, um, um, to hospitals. Let's Okay, let's talk about the suburbs. Do you know some people have to cover about, let's say, 10 kilometers just to have access to some hospitals in Cameroon? That's about those in the suburbs. How then are they diagnosed? That's a major problem. If we have people on the ground, let's just say for some few, um, some, some we can take in a year or maybe in six months, would send some people on the ground to like do a diagnosis. This will go a long way to help not just um, a few Camerians, but a greater proportion of Camerians who are in dire need of help. But how do you reach into the suburbs? H how do you get the message to them? That's by sending some health workers to that part of Cameroon. Okay, okay, okay. And is it effective? Um, not really effective. Not really effective. But I guess they are trying their best. They are trying their best to help these people who really need health services. Because you say, good health entails good body. Very good. We'll come back to you. Padmia, okay, welcome. Sir. I hope I've said that right, Padmia. That's right. That's my name. Hi. And your surname is? Shetu. Padmi Shetu. Tell us <laughs> a little bit about your interest in sepsis. All right. Um, thank you very much. Just like uh, my sister Fogui has already said, it's sepsis for us here. It's not like, um, um, I think that it came to us like COVID-19 came to us. We The awareness is not really there and the meat is there. Now, how do we get it known first? Because if they don't know it, they wouldn't even adhere to treatment. So how do we even get it known as media practitioners and uh, let the population um, to create awareness and sensitization for the local man on the streets? Now, for us who are maybe learned, we can Google it and have enough um, knowledge about it. But what about the local man who is on the street? How do they understand it? Now, I heard you asking um, Ning how they were going to get it right down to the local man. Now, I think that it is very important to use the language that they understand best and also to use the environment that is more suitable for them. Because if exactly. we do not use these things, the language must be appealing for them to understand and the environment must be very suiting. It must be persuasive also for them to know that this is a health condition. And you must accept it, just like every other disease, just like HIV and AIDS, just like coronavirus, just like malaria. You must, first of all, accept it that this is what is happening to me before a doctor can even go ahead to prescribe. If they prescribe without you even accepting, it will stay in their books and they will never get the medications. Yeah. Now, if they don't get the medications, it must deteriorate. It cannot just stay at that level. It must deteriorate. And I think that I lost somebody due to sepsis and we were still in denial until the last day. Now, you, I must convince my family that this is the health condition my elder brother was into until the last day when we got into theater and they had to operate his leg. He was diabetic, he was hypertensive and we had to operate the leg, his left thigh, yes, and he still passed on. Now we had to take upon this, I had to take upon this as a media practitioner to get this across 
to many Cameroonians. She rightly said it, Cameroonians are not aware of it. And what they will only do will be rumors. They will stick onto rumors if the media is not there to sensitize them on the right information. I think that it is for that reason that we as communicators are brought on such a platform to give our own quota and see how we could make this sensitization go further. Thank you. Uh, I've got a message from uh, one of our viewers, who one of our uh, participants, who says usually, I, I don't know who, who it's from or where they are, but they say usually this particularly relates to the Cameroonian uh, 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 members of the panel. Usually you can meet with community leaders and organize village and church meetings to get to the rural populations. Is that, do you agree with that? I agree. I agree. Now, uh, not just for health communication, not just for health communication, for every other communication, be it digital literacy, which dives towards health communication, because if they are not digitally literate, they cannot even go as far as um, researching, just like Ning said, that they could go on social media. Now, they must be digitally literate. Now, what do we do? We get down to the communities. How, who holds the meetings for us? It is the people that they know that will easily call them and they gather to listen to you. Yes. So getting down to community leaders is very important and it's pertinent for such conversations because you cannot go into a community and you just start talking. You have you barely have two or three people to listen to you. But if they are rulers, if they are leaders, bring them together and tell them that this is a health concern. We want you to listen to it because these are the advantages. If you listen to it, it will prevent you from A, B, C, D. They will be very much available to listen. Very good. I think Ning has something to contribute. Ning, are you, did you want to come in? Uh, I think she has said almost everything. Okay. But, uh, yeah, she has said almost everything. Okay. Uh, I think there are two two uh, constituencies, two stakeholders here. One is the clinical uh, uh, population, the doctors, the mm -hmm. nurses, uh, and so on. Then there are the patients. Yes. And the hardest part is reaching uh, the patients and reaching people. And that takes uh, PR skills, journalistic skills, uh, and all the, tr the dark arts of uh, journalism. Uh, which doesn't come easily, I'm sure, to people who've been trained in the medical profession. But you have to, uh, w what we've done in the UK is we've recruited a few people with tremendous communication skills and an advertising agency who worked for us for nothing uh, to create a campaign and so on and so on. We've had, there's some very big, believe it or not, in the UK, there are still some very popular soap operas on television and radio. And we've had storylines in all of those hugely popular soap operas around sepsis, around people getting sepsis and not recognizing it and so on. And that's, that's you know, it's got people asking questions. What, what's sepsis? Oh, I see. Oh, really? Oh. And, and, and those kinds of techniques are really important. I'm going to ask Joachim, and then I, I want to talk about the getting awareness, what the level of awareness is in the, in the clinical fraternity but Joachim does that make sense to you I mean we we've used the celebrity culture very successfully sadly there are many very famous people in the UK sports people show business and television stars who sadly have been touched by sepsis who are determined to get the message out there 
uh, and that's worked very well, certainly with the with the uh, newspapers and the media here in the UK. Is is it is that the same in Germany or not? Uh, no, I guess not. Uh, I think Michael, it's uh, you were uh, very successful, as I learned also from from the uh, talks in in this uh, World Congress uh, of sepsis. Um, that you were uh, already uh, in UK, you were already very successful in in conveying the the subject to the people and to the physicians, to the medical people, to the professionals. Uh, you pushed every button uh, there. Uh, uh, how Melissa uh, met uh, uh, explained us. So pushing every button is very important. But the problem begins really for me. The problem begins with the with the word sepsis. Uh, people, people really come into the clinics, or 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 they are confronted with a with a word with a word sepsis, and they don't know what to do with it. Uh, they don't know what what it means really. Uh, and and what you said, uh, we have to to communicate the message, uh, the right message. What is the message if you don't even know the word and the, the meaning of a, of a word? It's very hard for them. So. This is a really a tough task, and um, of course, I think the the, the medical people, the, the professionals, they really have a responsibility uh, to to convey some 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 sort of uh, narratives uh, uh, about the tragedy, about cases of sepsis, about uh, about really uh, the the complications uh, people. Uh, People can can con can be confronted uh, when they suffer from uh, from sepsis. Uh, we know now after the pandemic, we know a lot about uh, infectious disease. But uh, of course, nobody out there, uh, even in the clinic, I guess there are a lot of people. Uh, I'm pr pretty pessimistic here. Um, even in the clinics and and of course in the general public, uh, don't uh, connect infectious diseases uh, to sepsis. That that would be my 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 guess. Yeah. Now, making the connection to the clinical profession, many of the stories that have come to us in the UK are sto tragic stories of sepsis not being recognised when the when the sick child or the sick adult has gone to the G the general practitioner doctor who's sent them away with some paracetamol. They've come back feeling worse. They've gone to A&E. A&E have given them some antibiotics, mild antibiotics. They've been sent home and it's not recognized. I was going to ask uh, Caitlin and then Naoko whether you whether, whether that's a, a, a problem in, in your countries or not. The, the, the recognition and the protocols uh, within, you know, within hospitals and doctor surgeries. That 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 it's the the recognition the early recognition of sepsis which is important whether that's uh, adequate or or hope hopeless. I am not an expert in sepsis in the United States, so I'm not sure, but I okay. could assume that primary prevention in all types of health outcomes is a major issue in the United States, particularly because of our fragmented healthcare system um, yeah. and a, a, a number of disparities and just getting primary care. Um, and so I can imagine that there are significant disparities of late 
onset sepsis coming to an emergency department just for that reason. Um, I also wanted to make a quick comment on before that, you know, I think uh, there were some really good points taken in that, you know, it's not just influencers that have influence in a community around health messages. Some of the best trusted messengers is family and friends and physicians and health departments. And we saw that throughout the pandemic, that the best information wasn't coming from an ivory tower. It was coming from neighbors. And I think we can learn a lot of lessons from that. I think the second thing I wanted to say was that you're completely, someone said, you know, no one knows what sepsis is, a layman. And they're right. You know, we need to do a whole lot better at translating words to plain English And that's really plain language, sorry. And that's really hard for scientists and clinicians to do because it's a true art form between balancing nuance with uh, readability or understand and understandability. And we need to get better at doing that. Period. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Nyoku, Nyoku. Forgive me. My pronunciation is not very good. Please forgive me. I'm very interested to understand from a practicing emergency doctor whether you think in in Japan the the early recognition by the doctors and the nurses of the potential that it might be sepsis when a patient is that is is there good recognition in Japan or is it very sticky? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Japan uh, is uh, maybe blessing. And ambulance arrives in five minutes, within five minutes. Now the hospital arrival within five minutes. Uh, now, uh, in Nagoya area, in my university area, have uh, acute patient, medical patient, about uh, 120,000 per year, every year. Uh, however, uh, ambulance is very quickly access the patient home and uh, bring the patient uh, to uh, um, my uh, our hospitals. And the ambulance member, emergency medical teams uh, aware and know a quick sofa score, maybe as you know, quick sofa score, uh, but consciousness, altered consciousness, consciousness, and respiratory rate counting, and blood pressure measurement. Uh, ambulance member, emergency medical teams know adequately uh, the uh, check uh, quick sofa. Uh, they uh, told me, uh, tell me uh, quick sofa over two uh, and infectious uh, suspected patient, uh, maybe uh, this patient will be uh, sepsis. Uh, can you take and manage this patient today, this time? Ah, okay, this is okay. Very, very quick uh, binding. So uh, this what, is very what, happy. What, what you're saying is that, the, that when somebody's ill, uh, the front line, the paramedic, the param the front line, they are trained to look for sepsis. Yes. Uh, uh, we is, know, that, is that uh, is that general in Japan, or is that just because of your influence in your hospital? No, uh, totally in Japan. Wow. Uh, 
medical education is developed, developed uh, for uh, emergency medical teams, ambulance members. Uh, they suspect infection and sepsis uh, nowadays. They, uh, are, are there cases in Japan where, where people die as a result of sepsis, which was not diagnosed in the hospital? Oh, yes, 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 yes. It, it does happen. <clears throat> mm. Why is that, do you think? Maybe. Uh, maybe uh, acute patient, vital sign, uh, but vital sign patient, uh, ambulance member, uh, the patient uh, bring to uh, high uh, level uh, emergency department. However, uh, some area, uh, there are few uh, emergency uh, medical centers. Uh, in this area, uh, maybe sepsis finding uh, will be uh, delayed. However, uh, totally a very, very quick awareness. However, uh, the future uh, of Japan, uh, there are a few uh, number uh, of ICU. ICU bed number is very low. Emergency room uh, adequate number. Uh, ICU, uh, the number of ICU is low. ICU uh, specialists, intensivists, uh, there are a few uh, specialists of, in the area of intensive care. Uh, this is uh, one big problem for the special management of sepsis and septic shock. Do, do you find patients asking you if it could be sepsis when they come in not feeling well? Are they aware? Do they have a knowledge that it could be? Are they prompting you? Do you think this could be sepsis? <laughs> mm, sorry. <laughs> yes. Mm. You, you do have patients who come in and before you've looked at them and examined them, they mm. say to you, Doctor, do you think this could be sepsis? Do they are they are the patients aware that sepsis is is uh, uh, a possibility? Mm. They they do. Uh, sepsis possibility. Uh, um, in in the patients, uh, in the patients, the people who are ill when they come to you, do they think to ask if it's sepsis? Uh, infectious symptom uh, finding is firstly very, very important. Uh, the patient have cough uh, or uh, back pain, uh, abdominal pain. Infectious symptom finding is first at first. Uh, it's very important, we think. Uh, next is uh, symptoms, uh, fever, uh, low temperature. However, uh, we uh, emphasize kick sofa score checking, uh, altered consciousness. Yes. And uh, respiratory rate high, high respiratory rate, and blood pressure, systolic blood pressure lowering. Uh, these checking is. Forgive me, so, it'd be interesting to understand just in a few words what the health system is in Japan. Is it like the British National Health Service or is it private or is it insurance? 
how how does it work in Japan health? Sorry. <laughs> okay, no problem. Hear you. Uh, in Japan, how how do people pay for health, <laughs> or does the government pay? Oh, oh, about ten percent. Ten percent pay. Uh, in, in, uh, Ninety percent uh, insurance. Okay, okay, okay. But the analogy I always draw, and I'm going to ask anybody on the panel to respond whether you think this is rubbish or not but the thing i i say to people is we want to get the awareness of sepsis to the level of of, of people's parents awareness of meningitis you know when when your kid gets a fever most people go oh my god i better keep an eye on this because it could be meningitis and people have that instinctive awareness of it and we want to get sepsis to that point where people feel really ill. Just sepsis was described to me by our expert, uh, Ron Daniels. He, he said, you know you've got sepsis because you feel like you're going to die. It's the worst you've ever felt in your life. And he said, that's when you know you've got sepsis, which is a pretty uh, good basic way to describe it, I understand. But creating awareness, I mean, let me ask. Uh, uh, let me ask Padmia. When did you first become aware of sepsis as a as a threat, as a health threat? How did you become aware of it on a personal level? Last year. Really. Actually, yes, last year because I had someone who was attacked and diagnosed of it, and that was at the at my workplace, at the regional hospital. That was when I got to know it. And I started digging deep to know exactly how us as media persons, because whenever I come across a situation, I want to know how the media can help. Yes. Today yes. we were launching the universal health coverage for the, for the region and everything centers around the media because you... there is freedom of expression, as we will say for the journalist birds. How do we get other people express themselves also. When you so look, that's when, when I knew about it and I tried to... When you look back, are you now shocked that uh, you're still very, very young, but nevertheless, uh, you're past school age uh, and it was only a year ago that you learned about sepsis. That really encapsulates the problem that we're trying to attack. Is it, did that, does that shock you now? Now you know about it and you know how serious it is. Yes, I know about it and I know how serious it is. That is why I think that there are more strategic ways we can communicate this. The reason for which I wanted to be on this platform to share my experience because I've had also an experience with the COVID-19 and how we, we went about it with for the song Hirondel, who was um, part of the funding, who I, I was part of the, the team that worked on several programs to make sure that the population was aware of the, the, the COVID-19 and all that has to do with it. Because it came like a blow to us, particularly at the regional hospital, Bamenda, where I presently work. Now you would have um, audio circulate to tell you that don't go to the hospital. The doctors are injecting people with strange um, injections and they're killing people with, they're injecting people with the virus. Don't go there. Now consultation drastically reduced and we discovered that we had more community deaths 
and death upon arrival at the hospital. So this made it now, um, I started thinking as a health communicator for the hospital, what can we do? Yes. So that's the reason why I am here to share such strategic um, yes. ways of communicating such in, uh, in a crisis moment mm -hmm. that we can actually get off um, now, the ignorance you, of sepsis. Are, and, are you well supported? Yes. Oh, you are. Yes. The, 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 the authorities, the health authorities understand that it is important that the message gets out and that you have the skills. It's not a clinical skill. It's a it's a journalistic skill to get the message out there. That's very good. Yes. Yes. Actually, this, the support came at all levels, both from the regional delegates and also from the hospital authorities. They gave the go-ahead for us to actually carry out the campaign that we wanted because it was both online and offline. Very we good. did the campaigns yes. online with flyers. We did it on our social media handles. We did it with influencers on, on social media We who had great followings, and it actually pulled the population back. We had drastically reduced in, in, in terms of consultation a week, but now we can have close to a 1,000 people consulting. If you compare it to two years back, we would have 200 people, but it's a regional hospital. Yes. And we are expected to consult at most or at least 1,000 people a week if we say that it is small. But we had these people not coming and we had the mortuary getting full and we did not have where to keep corpses. So it became a point of concern to me first as an individual, seeing people just dying the way they're dying, to now bring out these messages to see that the population is sensitized. We did it through sports. We did it through micro programs. Yeah. We did it through radio drama. We did a whole, it was a whole package. And we saw that it greatly, it greatly helped. Joachim, when did you first become aware of sepsis? You're still a very young man, I can see. But, uh... Yes, he asked me. Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry. Oh, it's not very Mikey. Yeah. Oh, of course, I I heard about sepsis a, a couple of years ago. Actually, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't notice uh, the problem we have the public how, health. How problem. did you How did you find out about it? Uh, just by reading. All right. Just by reading by reading uh, scientific papers, actually scientific and medical journals, um, uh, and I I learned that that it's a real big public health problem. I never I get experience with with a disease in my in my daily life in my in my personal life. So I had no I had no no uh, no no experience with that. Um, uh, but uh, I think one part of the problem is that I've never been at a at a uh, at a physician uh, uh, in a in a physician's room. So I, as a man, uh, we have the problem uh, going I I to a physician and to a doctor, and even the general doctors they never mention uh, sepsis when when you when you enter the rooms in a pre in a in a in a, a, a practitioner. Uh, you you never get information about sepsis and and that would be that that is one point Kathleen mentioned that uh, she 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 used the word um, uh, trusted voices uh, and the trusted voices are the physicians uh, the, the the professionals who really uh, got in contact to the people and they are the trusted voices and uh, the, the the most important trusted voices and they should be informed I, and uh, and my my guess is that that there is a, a real a lack a lack of of awareness even in in 
uh, in the medical uh, sphere. So I I would I would first uh, uh, I would first try to uh, to sensibilize uh, the young uh, the young physicians the young physicians uh, and of course uh, the people in the clinics and then of course uh, we as journalists we have we have a real responsibility uh, to cover this subject but of course we have limits obviously we have limits the problem we we discuss right now we discuss this um, non-awareness uh, of sepsis is because uh, uh, the general media, they, uh, the classical media, they have a problem educating the people. They just, uh, they, 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 they talk about uh, tragedies. Uh, they talk about, uh, uh, you mentioned it, uh, really prominent uh, cases. Uh, uh, but of course, people, uh, they, it's, it's too far uh, for the people to get to get really aware. It, it doesn't sell newspapers. It doesn't sell newspapers. So. Uh, we have to make a way to do that. Caitlin, I'm, I'm interested in your personal experience uh, in terms of becoming aware. You know, everybody's, everybody here has kind of been on a personal journey of, of, of late discovery of sepsis. I'm, I'm interested to know what, influence, what influences have, have brought this subject to, onto your radar screen. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't call on me because I think I have a pretty embarrassing uh, response. But um, I mean, I know I knew sepsis. I know I knew what it was. I knew it could be deadly. I had no idea how common it was. Um, I'm learning a lot just being on this panel. Um, and I will say uh, I've had I actually had a coworker um, pass away because of sepsis. So I, I know that it's there. I had just had no idea the prevalence of it. Um, and that's from someone in public health. And so I think that um, we all need to be better educated about this. And there's different avenues to do that. There are some simple things that you can do, namely you know, in, in waiting rooms and emergency uh, departments, just posters, you know, old-fashioned, old-fashioned, uh, non-digital, stick-on-the-wall posters, you know, uh, and we've managed to get that out there on uh, in ambulances and uh, in, you know, any A&E uh, accidents and emergency ward you go into, you'll see posters on the wall now about uh, could it be sepsis these are the symptoms just ask you know and it, 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 there's some simple things that can be done i think but what i'm getting and i'm looking at ning and uh, uh niyuki here um uh there seems to be a, a, apart from japan which seems to have made more progress than any of us have seen in our territories uh it, there seems to be a common story here about about lack of awareness uh, and the lack of a central strategy to get the word out there. Whose job is it to get the message out there? Um, and let me come to Nyoko, and then I'll I'll come to Ning if I may. Uh, Nyoko, whose who whose responsibility is it in the health system in Japan to get this message out there that? that sepsis is is a very dangerous thing and easily recognized and quite often easily treated if it's seen earlier but getting somebody has to own that message and i don't know who it is 
Oh, thank you very much. <clears throat> uh, Japan, Japanese uh, insurance management and Japanese health management by uh, maybe as you know, Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare uh, manage the uh, Japanese insurance and Japanese health, uh, including uh, sepsis. However, uh, their main concern is about tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis patient is uh, Japan have nearly uh, 15,000 15, every year. However, uh, not, not high uh, rate. Uh, however, uh, as you know, Japan is elder, elder, elder person's society, society country. And now elder, the elder becomes uh, the number of the elder person. Uh, high, yes. uh, they uh, can be easily uh, suffer from tuberculosis. Uh, the uh, Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare uh, knows that sepsis. Uh, sepsis is important for management. Uh, it is a very big issue, we very think. Cool. You're very, you're enlightened, very very smart in Japan. Is the insurance system, is that private insurance or is it, uh, is there a, a, a government's insurance scheme? Mm. Uh, I have a private, private insurance, uh, some person have. Okay. Uh, the national health insurance was about 30%. It, seems to, it seems to me that where, where a, a country's health system has a, has a considerable insurance element it's in the insurance company's interest to reduce sepsis because of the costs and the claims that they will get as a result of the incident so it's in their interest really to promote awareness that's just one thought ning i promise to come to you i'm very interested to know your experience and how you how you came to know about sepsis and what experience you've had of it and and uh, uh, and how you came to know about it yeah, um, I came to know about sepsis, I guess, three months ago. Only three months and ago? Of, yeah, <laughs> just that short period. Exactly. It's I'm just to tell you, imagine someone handling off programs on a week basis, not having any idea about sepsis. Then imagine a woman in the village who doesn't have time to even watch television or um, watch or read the newspapers. Just imagine. So it, to tell you, sepsis is not actually reported. That's one thing, creating awareness. Okay, now from the symptoms I noticed on social media where I read about sepsis, um, those symptoms are sometimes rare. But now the problem is, given the fact that people are not aware about such a situation, they will start attributing it to witchcraft. That's where problem comes in. Africa is not really, especially Cameroon, there are some areas where it's not really developed, and a lot of people have little knowledge or no knowledge about some things. And now, the, when they start attributing to witchcraft, they start turning to using herbs, yeah. or going to some um, traditionalists to seek for, for advice or something, and these people don't have adequate knowledge on how to tackle such a situation. 
And that's a major problem. Yes. Because it would say the major problem is diagnosis. If these people are not diagnosed, then that poses a very big threat for septic cases. Yeah. That's why we say awareness plays a great role whenever it comes to healthcare. Yes. And that's the reason why my station, which is Equinox TV, decided to um, allocate 30 minutes every week in English to um, sensitize the population on different health pathologies, maybe uh, let's say hypertension, cholera, malaria, sepsis, whatever. That's the main goal. That's why we think um, creating awareness, not just think because I have a cold, I have a, a better running nose, maybe it's because it should be malaria. No, that's why we say diagnosis is very essential. Yeah. What we found in the UK uh, is that it's very hard to get the medical profession's attention. It's even more difficult to get the Department of Health into it. They've got a million and one problems, uh, and this is they don't think this is one of them. So what we've found is that that by in the sort of voluntary sector, a group of people who experienced or had, had been touched by sepsis, some famous, some influential, people from all different walks of life, some from marketing, some from business, all kinds of things, some from the media like me. Uh, we, just took, we just took it upon ourselves to take the problem on and raise funds. And we do, we have uh, people who have been touched by sepsis, they go out and they talk in schools, they go and talk in hospitals, uh, and we get the message out. And it's a growing, growing army uh, of people. And as we get more awareness, more people ring us up and say, oh, I had a terrible experience, this, that, and the other. Or how can I help? And, and it's, it's kind of a grassroots uh, a group of volunteers who've been touched by it, who want to make a difference. And we, we've tried through our charity, the Trust, We've tried to harness that uh, and all those skills, and we've had some reasonable success, you know, with getting big corporates. You know, we've been into Amazon and got them uh, talking to their staff. You know, if you're an employee with two, three, four thousand people, you know, there are quite a few of those employees have been touched by sepsis. And, and uh, you know, you, in t terms of caring for your workforce, there's an open door there. Anyway, that's one of the messages that we, we, we go for. I'm going to, uh, I, I, I think we've dealt with pretty much all the questions that have come through uh, uh, um, th through the chat line. I'm grateful to people who've submitted questions. Uh, if I could just go around the panel one more time and see if you've got anything you'd like to add or endorse or say we've got wrong. Uh, perhaps I could start with you, Joachim. Uh, is there anything you'd like to summarize? Yeah, I, I think uh, I heard uh, in session 13, I had uh, uh, some wonderful ideas uh, from from professionals uh, uh, and people who are really uh, concerned uh, with this subject uh, in in their in their daily lives uh, because uh, they have lost some some patients, some some uh, some family members, uh, for example, and um, and I, I wrote I wrote down one uh, one one message uh, from it, it. It was I guess it was from Ireland from Doreen O'Mahony. She says um, 
sharing the message is saving lives. This is the central message, uh, sharing the message of saving lives. Yeah. It is a positive. Uh, it is a positive messaging, and and I think that is that is contrary to 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 my to my duty as a science editor is to write about the horrible disease and and the diagnosis and the preventions and the therapeutics and so on and antibiotic resistance of course but i think uh, people should get some positive messages and and if they are aware if they, if they can get aware uh, of saving lives by by thinking about uh, uh, sepsis and reading about sepsis and asking the physicians about uh, sepsis then i i think we we get some progress uh, in the, in the public um, uh, in in yeah in lay people uh, who are not not really uh, educated about the this big public health problem you you raise an interesting word there educate um you know there are some people who might think that we need to educate journalists i, I think that's an impossible task um what you have to do uh is excite journalists and find an angle and find a story and that's a particular journalistic skill which no one would expect clinicians or academics or researchers to have any idea it's a whole different world you know uh, Pedmir is a, is an expert and she you know she's grabbed the grabbed it by the horns and is running with it but she's a skilled she she knows how to how to get the message out it's not a question of you only educate journalists through stories don't you through through getting them interested in writing about it because there's an angle that will get them column inches or get them you know get them on the on on the first page of the uh, uh, of the online newspaper and so on do you do you agree with that or do you think we could do more to to train journalists i'm not sure who's going to do the training Joachim, what do, what do you think yes i get, i agree totally uh, i think it's 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 a way to uh, to to sensibilize uh, journalists uh, uh, on on the subject uh, and and really we have we need not just awareness uh, and uh, uh, we we also need education uh, of the people who are who are writing on this and who are writing the right thing who who are, who are precise on on educating people and explaining the the problems uh, uh, with sepsis uh, and the lacks of uh, yeah. Uh, really the, the 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 lack of awareness and uh, the problems we have uh, in 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 dealing with uh, with this horrible disease Caitlin can I can I come to you and ask for any observations uh yeah. you're not a journalist uh but you 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 uh, you're in this field generally uh, you have a lot of experience and a lot of contacts. What what do you take from from the discussion and the the exposure? So I completely agree with Joe uh, Joe Shim. I think that um, we need to move from a model of not wanting clicks, but move into a space of it's called solution journalism, where um, you uh, recognize that there's a problem, but people you you grab people's attention by saying, hey, there's actually solutions. So people don't get too tired about this doom and gloom effect that we're at least seeing here in the United States in our news cycles. And I think that if we can <clears throat> change that to 
a message of hope, a message of that we're not helpless, that we can do something about this and it's actionable, that will grab attention just because you feel like you can do something and people want to do something if there's a problem. Um, I guess I'm an optimist in that perspective. We need some optimism here. (laughs) I'm going to come to Ning in a minute, but first I'd like to ask uh, Nayuki if you've been listening to what we've been, all the problems that we have, which you don't have, seem to have in Japan, is there any advice you would like to give us uh, from the Japanese experience, which seems to be, you seem to be years ahead of us uh, in getting the message out there. Um, what the, what advice would you give us? Thank you very much. Um, we are cherish, and uh, I think uh, this is important. Uh, educational system is very important for uh, to know sepsis. Uh, in turn, doctors and co-medical uh, co-study uh, about sepsis. Uh, sometimes a uh, years and uh, this this educational system and sharing knowledge system is important in Japan um, and uh, I want I want the media uh, to focus on sepsis uh, on media uh, I said about and uh, I have educational system uh, for citizens, it is very important, I think. Uh, in Japan, the fact that World Seps Day was established, uh, established World Seps Day is very uh, helpful for our force uh, to raise awareness of sepsis. Uh, in conjunction, conjunction with World Seps Day, uh, we are able to plan lectures for citizens and medical uh, case workers, uh, including ambulance members, yes. as well as um, lectures for doctors. Uh, fortunately, with the cooperation of uh, CBC radio programs, uh, Japan have a CBC radio yeah. in tube, tube area. Uh, I have uh, presentations on sepsis every year for a week on program from 2012. Is the, in over recent years, do you know if the death rate from sepsis, the number of deaths from sepsis in Japan is falling or is it steady or is it rising? Uh, detection number is uh, rise. However, the management and the dead person rate is decreasing. Oh, brilliant. Uh, detection, detection become easily in Japan. Yes. Uh, uh, maybe uh, this is a, a part of the reason. Uh, lecturing and sharing information system is important, I think. Yes. Uh, the week, uh, this week, this week is World Seps Day. Hey, World Seps Day, uh, do you know sepsis? Uh, this comment is very uh, important, I think, very, in Japan. I think we have a lot uh, to learn from, from the Japanese experience. I'll give the last word 
for Ning, who has been uh, patiently listening, and, and 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 see what what do you take away from from this discussion? From what I've noticed, um, the countries, Japan, the United States, Germany, they're kind of let's say advanced as far as um, this situation is concerned. They have the, the right medical assistance. They are put in place the right system, which really makes it really easy for diagnosis to really be easy. I wish that was a case in Cameron where diagnosis is really a big problem because a lot of the people, the masses are very far away from hospitals where that's a very big problem because there, that's the only place where you can diagnose if someone has suffered with sepsis or not. So I think, as I earlier said, awareness is a major goal. Though some of us can go into the grassroots, we'll make good use of TV stations. Uh, that's at least some people have TVs in their houses where they get an adequate knowledge of what it's all about. But yeah. now, even though they get this knowledge, how then do they get themselves diagnosed? How then do they tell they are suffering with this problem? That's a major constraint. And we hope um, with time, the Ministry of Public Health be able to uh, build more hospitals and put it at the disposal of this masses quite dining of good health. No one said knowledge is far. So if they have an idea of what service is all about, then it go a long way to reduce the high mortality rate as far as sepsis is concerned. Thank you. Pedney, I'll, 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 uh, uh, you are an ex exemplar of someone who has a, become a champion for the message, for the health message around sepsis and obviously other things. But you're an object lesson to all of us that really individual citizens with the skills need to take take the initiative and do what you're doing uh, with the skills that you have uh, to work uh, on getting the message message out there. It's, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be left to individuals, but, but I, I salute you for, for taking up the cause uh, and working so hard to get the message out there. Is is there anything you'd like to share with us about what you've heard? Okay, thank you very much. Um, I also join in to say that we have other countries who are advanced, but I think that let me align with Joachim when he says that journalists need also desensitization yeah. because it is very much important for them to know what they want to tell the population. Yes. If they do not know it, how then do they even pass on this information? I also hold that um, journalists can hold panel discussions on radio, on television with um, key stakeholders who can actually, or resource persons who actually have the knowledge that the population needs. Because yes. we must begin from desensitization. If they do not know it, we will just be ranting. And we would be making no sense if the population actually only hears sepsis and doesn't actually know what it is all about. Yeah. I also hold again that we must produce content, educative content for the mass media to, to consume. Now, these contents must come per the localities, which means that I cannot go to Yaoundé, which is the capital of Cameroon, and I'm producing content in the English language. Majority of the people there are speaking French language. So I must look for people who understand even the local languages spoken in Yaoundé, the small ethnic groups which are there. What are their languages? How can we translate the messages that we have? 
into these languages so that these people actually understand it. Journalists must also go beyond the aspect of reporting just the normal illnesses and diseases that we know. They must go and cover niche for themselves in things that people do not know and dig deep and bring it out so that people actually know it. Imagine, Ning just knew about it six months ago. I knew about it just a year ago. But it is something that has been existing, which means that what about the layman who doesn't even know anything about it? Absolutely. So we as media practitioners must also learn more. If we are watchdogs of the society, then we need to really watch the society. What do these people not know? How do we let it out for them to understand it? What measures can we as practitioners take to be able to let these people adhere to these things that we are telling them? So I think that that is what I can conclude on. And as a good communicator, we must learn to appeal to the audience that we want to meet, to the audience that we want to, to pass across our messages, just so that the messages is receptive and is also understood by the receiver. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, it remains for me to say thank you to Joachim, to Caitlin, to Nayuki, to Ning and Pedmia for uh, contributing greatly to uh, a, a, a difficult discussion about how to get the message out there. But I hope our listeners and viewers and uh, uh, Zoomers from all around the world uh, will have uh, heard what we've said. I'm sure they share a uh, common concern about getting the message out there uh, and the different experiences. I think we should all go to Japan and find out how they've done it because they're obviously ahead of the game. So on, on all your behalf, let me say thank you to you and thank you to everybody uh, who's been listening and watching. Good night. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the Congress yeah. sponsors. Without whom? Without whom? Thank you. Thanks for listening, and thanks to everyone who had a hand in putting this together. This has been the penultimate session of the Fourth World Sepsis Congress, with us wrapping up the Congress with Session 16 momentarily.